Welcome to the Recruiter Startup Podcast. My name is Dilta Daharde and in this podcast series, I will be speaking to investors, advisors, entrepreneurs and recruiters who are based all over the world and we will be discussing how to set up, scale and operate a world-class recruitment company. Last week we went into London and we got to meet some fabulous people. One of them was Tim Laurie and he is the founder of Projectus. They are a contingent-based recruitment firm that do sales and commercial roles into the life sciences sector across the world. Quite a lot of business in America, in Germany, and we, we really enjoyed meeting him. Had a great chat about his company, his values, where he sees the market going, what they're trying to implement going forward. Um, he even discussed what it's like being a pirate. He's uh, part of Gary Goldsmith's gang. So I think we inadvertently ended up doing an ad for Mr. Goldsmith. Wasn't my intention. <laughs> but uh, anyway, Tim's a great lad and I wish him the best and I hope you enjoy this podcast. It's been brought to you by Hinterview who have come on as our first sponsor of the podcast. If you don't know what it is, it's a video platform that well i'll tell you what i use it for and we're only getting started with it so we're running a grad campaign at the moment for a client in london and we're videoing through the through the platform all the interviews and then we're going to present that to the client to see which one of them they want to bring into assessment at the end of it um we're also trying to improve our messaging on linkedin so nobody was responding despite despite me trying everything so we've now we've now filmed a series of videos uh, to try and engage more with our first connections and you can do it in real time as well and it tracks it all through your system and you can see when somebody's watched the video and how much and all the rest and as we all know LinkedIn is all about video so in the future I'll probably start recording the podcast on on Hinterview as well and uh, I'll let you know how that goes. So hope you enjoy the podcast. Um, check out the YouTube channel. The latest three from our trip to London was there. And let me know what you think. If you want to come on the podcast, just hit me up. Either you can come down to Arundel if you're in the south of England, or we can do it on Interview, or we can do it on the Anchor app on phone. So whatever suits you, we can make it happen. Over to Tim. Welcome to the Recruiter Startup Podcast. I am joined today by Tim Laurie from Projectus. Yeah, you got it. There we got it, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm very much for for welcoming me along. At the at the moment, I'm trying to name the other side of our business, and Charlotte is launching a local RPO, and I can't think of the life of me how we can come to get a name that doesn't sound stupid. Apparently, that's the, the two things people, when they set up a recruitment business, the first thing they, they, they struggle with is the name. Yeah. And as soon as they've found the name, they start to think about selling the company. That's the two-step <laughs> plan for setting up a recruitment business. What, what can I call it? But yeah, look, it's one of these struggles everyone else. I don't think ultimately it matters too much. How, uh, how did you figure out how to name it? Um, what I thought at the time, actually, was um, we wanted to look how we could help startup companies grow, basically, which is our um, business we're in, so medtech yeah. startup businesses. So we thought if we can work together, 
um, project their businesses upwards and forwards, and that's where our kind of logo, I don't know if you can see that came from as well. Yeah. There's two people sort of moving up yeah. in their lives, their careers, so to speak. Um, so pro project us forward, project us up, etc. Okay, yeah. I, I get that, and I suppose that's a large part of what we're trying to do with the, our own Rector Act business. And before we before we started recording, we men you mentioned to me Joe Mullings and what he's doing. Yeah. Is is he kind of the the market leader in terms of media in your eyes in your in your niche? You know, niche, yeah, definitely is the first to market with regards to, to media and what have you. And I know you know he puts a lot of lot of money and emphasis onto it as well. And he's you know doing a great job, incredibly passionate guy. Um, focus on a slightly different part of the market to us in medtech. They're more on the engineering side, we're more on the commercial. Mm. Um, but yeah, look, it's great to have have people that are doing something right. Yeah. in the marketplace especially if they're within your sort of micro niche you can learn from them and you can look at what they're doing and, and adapt and uh, perhaps put some some other messages forward in terms of your brand as well so and is that something you're conscious of right now and how you can develop your your own brand as maybe as an employer to recruiters but also to attract candidates and clients is it yeah i mean it's vital isn't it especially um with the social age i guess you know um really really important to make sure that you've got your brand right in terms of I guess the, the three kind of prongs, if that makes sense, of mm. a recruitment business, attracting great people to your business, which is obviously the, the most important thing, because they're the kind of people that can look after your, your candidates and clients, attracting great candidates to your business, in our markets, a candidate-led arena, um, and then showing your clients as well what, what the business you are, what you can do to help them grow and scale their businesses with, with, you know, with attracting the right people. So, yeah, absolutely. So we're going to jump more into your business and yeah, cool. that in a minute, but talk to me about, how did you get into recruitment, first of all? Like most people, kind of fell into it a little bit. Yeah. Um, you went so to uni first, did you? Yeah, yeah. So that I was a, I worked in some different sales roles. So I started doing door-to-door um, -door sales, basically. Did some charity sales. Um, then moved into property, so estate agency in Northampton. Mm. And uh, my girlfriend at the time had a job in London. Okay. So she was commuting like I think three hours, four hours each day, whatever in total each day. So we decided, look, we're going we're gonna to move to London, basically. Um, yeah. So I started looking for jobs, registered with some recruitment companies. Um, a sales recruitment company at the time. Yeah. Uh, originally, I was thinking about okay, going into like field sales jobs. Yeah. And then you start speaking to people, you understand about what they're doing, etc. And um, got on really well with the guys at, uh, at CD Sales at the time, and, and yeah, I was there for, for six years. So CD Sales, wow. Yeah. So you did six years. Talk to me about the door to door. Charity yeah. sales. How horrendous was that? Um, was it, actually, the door-to-door -door was gas and The charity was on, on the sort of street. I don't know if it's the street fundraising yeah. and what have you. So um, you're a big guy to be harassing people <laughs> on the street. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, that's quite good actually. Funny that. <laughs> um, it's a great actually baptism in sales, yeah. especially the door-to-door -door side and the street as well, because you've really got to um, be able to capture people's um, thoughts and focuses mm. very quickly, if that makes sense. Yeah, uh, but also be credible as well. Yeah, you know, it's not. It's not actually about threatening people because yeah. obviously people will, will, yeah. will run away. But um, yeah, being able to make, I guess, a sort of quite a quick impact with, with people, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, it's a, yeah, great learning sales, to be fair. Um, and also, I guess you're dealing with, with the public as well, especially in their own home as well. You've got to be yeah. quite sensitive in terms of people's feelings and what have you. So you know, it's a really good baptism, I think. Yeah, um, I can imagine. It's not something you'd probably want to do forever. Mm. But I think actually, um, if you're looking for that sort of first opportunity in sales, you probably can't go wrong with doing something like mm. that. Because it really tests your character. You go right outside your comfort zone, which um, is what you need. What were those early days like in CD? Was it was it IT sales that you were doing with them? I was just starting construction. Yeah, so construction sales. I think I'm not sure if it was because I was in property or whatever. But um, so their model was um, sort of 180 type type model. Um, so I was just finding candidates and, and placing them in, in with a guy called Colin Chandler, who I must guess my first sort of recruitment mentor, so to speak. Okay. Um, and. Uh, 
for whatever reason, I got, got on really well. Yeah, I was, I was prepared to, to work hard and um, good, co- great culture there in terms of, of the sort of focus, the people in the business, everyone wanted to be successful mm. at what they did and um, managed to get up to the you know, sort of top billers and what have you in the business there. Yeah. Um, enjoyed it. Um, it was a very IT focused business, and then moved into the European IT side and then onto medical, got promotions through the business yeah. and ended up running the, the medical. How business. long did it take you to become a top biller? Um, probably in the second year actually so I think yeah for any recruiters out there it's not going to happen immediately I think sometimes people come into the, the industry and think okay in a couple of months I'm suddenly going to be yeah. absolutely smashing and, and, and doing loads of deals but um, normally yeah six to twelve months to get your head around it all some yeah. people fly after a few months yeah. some people you know some of our top people in our business and actually the majority of businesses can have a slow start actually mm. but they just work hard and they, they pick things up slowly and, and after a year or two they're absolutely flying so Knowing that now, when you bring somebody on board, how, how patient do you have to be in that first year? What, yeah, what type of point. things are you looking for out yeah. of them? That's a really good point, actually, you've got to be patient. It's one of those things in life, isn't We're it? not patient people, we're right? not. No, 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 of course, we're, we're, we're salespeople. We're the least patient people <laughs> probably in the world. Um, it's a real test, actually, for, for your character as, mm. a, as a leader, especially as a business owner, because the pressure's even higher than, um, than being a manager, for example, of mm. the team, what have you. Because ultimately, it's your your money, if you like, from yeah. you know your savings, I guess, whatever it is that you, you're paying people to for, for six, twelve months before they before they're profitable. Ultimately, talk to me um, about when you made the move to go out on your own. What year was that? So that was 2012, actually. Yeah. So that was markets when, rebounding. Yeah, the market was starting to rebound. In medical, actually, funnily enough, one of the great things about our market, medical devices, um, during the recession 2008, we actually were were fine. We were, we were kind of flying because. Mm. Um, most of what we're doing at the time was the UK, some of it was, was external, but especially the UK market at the time, you've got the NHS, we're still spending the same amount of money, mm. so people are still going to want to get well, we all want to live forever, don't we, ultimately, yeah. that's the kind of goal um, that most people have in life, to live as, as long uh, and healthy a life as they can. So our market actually, within within city at the time, we were kind of consistently growing still, yeah. and through those times with other recruitment businesses, the markets were, were kind of plummeting, sure. that makes sense, whatever it might be, finance and, and these kind of bits and pieces of oil and gas and stuff. Um, so, um, yeah, in terms of going back to what you said about the decision to go on my own in 2012, within the business, I think at the time, I'd kind of reached probably, not necessarily the highest level there, because there was opportunities to still grow within, within that organisation. Um, but I realised, I, I guess, I felt that I wanted an extra level of challenge in my life, and I've always thought about doing something mm. myself. Um, so I went to a Tony Robbins um, seminar, I came to London for th- four days. Did you start, like, yelling yeah, yeah, and stuff? Yeah, yeah, all that sort of stuff, like, yeah. making my move. Walked across um, hot coals as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it kind of makes you feel like a bit of a, a, bit of a superhuman. And uh, I guess that kind of gave me the, the, I'd always thought about doing it, but that gave me, I guess, the push yeah. to, to go out and do it on my own, which, um, which is a, an amazing challenge. I mean, I kind of um, look at people that said a recruitment business was two, three, four of them to start off with. Mm. And um, sometimes you're like, oh, you know, that, that would have been a lot easier. <laughs> just you, day yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so just me from day one. So it's, uh, it's a real challenge, but great, great, great fun. We're, we're on a, fantastic journey as well right now. so was it just you working from home from day one or yeah. like walk me through that early stage what what your plan was back then not now yeah yeah that, that was um the, the plan was always to grow a recruitment business that i could scale okay i didn't want to just sit at home and just do it, do it myself that wasn't yeah. the goal because i was you know still young at the time i was early 30s whatever it was at the time the other actually thing just to quickly go back that, that still look about 24 right? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I don't know why, but I seem to have done okay um, for, for, uh, for, for looking the sort of baby face still. Um, the other thing that pushed me actually to set up the business was uh, my wife was pregnant as well with, yeah. with, with our son, Harry, now. Um, so I was like, if I don't do it now, then I'll probably That's get stuck in a trap good. where you're earning good money and it's, it's yeah. really, you've got more to lose, if that makes sense. Um, but going back to what you're saying about, about setting up on my own, it was a real culture shock. You've gone from a busy office of yeah. 30, 40 people, whatever it was at the time, um, different teams, those competitions going on, to literally sat on your own at the, the kitchen table. Yeah, the time, which is wondering. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's, it's a weird one. And it's yeah. hard not to get distracted, isn't it? Going, I should get my website right, and I should get. Like yeah, that, I mean that was um, that was difficult. Luckily enough, I've always been pretty focused within my work as well, which is probably one of the key things that that. As I said, with these, these recruiters, that might not make it straight away, but end up being great. And then we're very focused, if that makes sense. Mm. So, although it was weird, I did manage to make sure I was, I was starting work very early. Yeah. I progressively work. got worse. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> as um, as, as awesome my first Yeah, it's impossible, yeah. I mean, it's impossible to focus now. You've got so many people that, <laughs> that don't need your help and support. And, and also, you know, if you're running a business, you're, you're always a bit nosy with everything that's going on. So, yeah, <laughs> focus is, is disappeared now. But um, in those days, it was just me, so it's a little bit yeah. easier. Um, but it's a real culture shock to sit on your own all day. So I had to go out, literally went to the gym every lunchtime just to get out the, sure. out of the house and sort of made friends, all sorts of random, random people. <laughs> uh, at what stage did you bring Gary Goldsmith in as an advisor? Um, so we worked with Gary about, about three years, something like that. Okay. Um, so initially we worked um, with a chap called Simon Smith, who set up a company called Investigo. Yeah, okay. sold that a while ago. Um, he then set up his own business, didn't really have time to do it. We worked with a lady called Denise Walker, who was brilliant in the early stages, giving us the, the structure. Of, of how to set up the business, get our L&D side of things right as well, she was amazing for us. And then start getting involved with the RDLC, um, probably about two, three years into the journey. Yeah. Um, where I guess I'd, I'd kind of got established there, maybe five, probably about 10 of us in the business. Yeah. Um, and I guess that's the first stage, I guess you get to this really, amongst if not the hardest, is getting to sort of yeah. 10 people, if that makes sense, from, from yourself on your own. Um, but I felt I needed some new ideas. Um, some sort of focus and different ways of working to, to scale again so we got involved with, with Gary Deeb and RDLC then. Yeah. Do you think it's it's more just the, the peer-to-peer piece as well? That's, yeah, it's amazing. I mean, you've got two people there in terms of, of, of Gary Goldsmith and, and Dean that have set up their own businesses and scale businesses incredibly quickly mm. so that you can learn from yeah. um, that give you tremendous insight to, to what it's like, the actual journey. Plus then you've got just stuff like the WhatsApp groups. Yeah. You know, if you've got a problem, you can share, share something on, on the group and within a couple of seconds, someone's sending you either some con- terms and conditions they've got in a different country, they're sending you some legal advice, they're sending you some contacts yeah. that can help you um, or they're just someone to, that you can have a moan at or yeah. you can you know share some success with. So it's just nice from that perspective to get to, to be able to chat to other people that are going through the same sort of journey as you and everyone's, yeah, everyone's uh, been there, if that makes sense. There's not many problems you, you tend to have yeah. Um, running a recruiting business that someone else hasn't already had at s- some point. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. What, what would you say the the biggest challenges were early on when you started bringing in fillers? The biggest one, I guess, is is always for any any young business, especially one that's self funded, it's going to be the cash flow, making sure you get that right in terms of um, not hiring too quickly. Yeah. Um, did you hire too quickly? Um, yeah, of course we did. Yeah, everyone does. <laughs> <laughs> Probably still do now, but it's, you know, it's all part of the fun of it. We, we don't. My wife won't spend anything. <laughs> it's, it's horrendous. <laughs> Um, it's one of the, yeah you, look, you, you know you, you do it it's part of the part of the enjoyment part of the recruitment you know the roller coaster of, of emotions of it all but um, yeah just getting that balance right I mean very very fortunately um, my wife Rebecca was a recruitment trainer and she works with the business our, our other director so she um, was about the third or fourth person that sort of came into the business so it meant that with her 
training up young people, which is what we do. We give young people an opportunity. Sure. Um, normally these days people with a bit of sales, but also apprentices as well. Um, she had the time and the patience, which we spoke about obviously earlier, which is yeah. <laughs> a difficult thing to have, um, to be able to, to spend time with people in the early days and develop and train them while at the time I was still bringing in most of the sales, if that makes sense. Yeah. When I was, when I was, I was very fortunate. I was doing a wee bit of research on the train. I was like, huh, he's got an L&D person. That, I mean, that seems strange for because yeah. like, normally you'll see like companies only 50 heads. Yeah, exactly. So has that so, so yeah. there we go. Yeah, so it's just a fortunate thing. And actually, one of the, again, when we set up the business, we thought, okay, this could work quite well for us. Okay. Um, you know, we've got, we got two children, so Rebecca could, can obviously sort of balance her time yeah. doing family stuff. And, and um, we've got exactly the same, okay. yeah, yeah. the same piece. Charlotte does all the training with the staff, and she's just come back in. And yeah. it, it's balancing that piece, isn't it? With it is kids and yeah, for anyone, and that's. Um, yeah, it's not just recruitment, obviously it's every single person in the world that does got kids and, and looking to obviously build a business career, whatever it is. So, um, but yeah, we were really fortunate anyway, going back to that in terms of having Rebecca there. And we've got a you know, brilliant training platform, um, a couple of our rookies that won lots of recruitment rookie of the year awards and things like that. So okay. um, that's made a real difference actually to us to have that that foundation, I guess, Yeah. to help people to-, to How many years in are you now? So six years now, um, coming up to up to seven soon actually, in a couple of weeks. If uh, you could uh, sit down with your younger self a yeah. year in. What type of things would you say? Yeah, great question, actually. Um, I would, I'd, I guess I'd kind of say, um, just enjoy the journey. Don't be afraid to ask people for help, which I've, I've kind of always been, been fine with anyway, but it's really important to be able to lean on other people. Yeah. Not, not kind of just trying to do everything yourself. Um, I probably would have gone harder and scaled harder and probably borrowed more money at the start to try and get it set up and, and kind of gone for it even more. Um, but ultimately, um, I would have said, yeah, just just have some patience with it because that's a key thing, and, and things are going to go well. Things are going to you're going to have days when you're wondering what you're doing. Don't be so hard on yourself. Yeah, don't you? be so hard on yourself, and um, always you know always think positively, and you know um, when you try things that don't work out, good because you know you can learn, and, and yeah. uh, next time probably make the same mistake. <laughs> What's the current uh, situation with the business? Where where are you at? So at the moment we're. Um, We've got Lon based in London. We've got twenty one, I think it is twenty one heads now in the business. Seventeen, eighteen on sales. Um, the, the shift in the business, because the last few years, is most of our business now. The majority of the sales are coming from Europe. Okay. So Germany, Switzerland, um, other Western European countries, as well as the UK, and also now we're starting to do work in the US as well. Okay. So where we are now, I think we're very established in our market. Mm. Still huge room for growth. Mostly still perms or contracts. The one thing I think actually that. Um, you need to work on the valuation. We need to work on, on that side of things in terms of getting the valuation of the business. Um, but we're getting there. We've got a couple of great people starting to build that market up for us as well. Um, so we're in a good position, yeah. I'd say, actually. You know, bearing in mind where, where we've come from, just, just myself to start off with. Mm. But amazing opportunity for us to develop our business in the US, which is kind of the focus for next year. Yeah. Um, so it's more than likely myself and Rebecca will probably go over there ourselves for a year or two and start establishing yeah. business over there, which will be a lot of fun. That, the first uh, time you reached out to me, you asked me about San Francisco. Is that still on the, yeah, the cards? So, yeah, I'm actually literally re reading books and stuff at night about it at the moment and trying to work out exactly where we should uh, we, we should base the first office. So, um, I mean, if you're med tech, yeah, like Florida makes sense from a tax perspective. Yeah, Florida from tax and also actually because we're commercial med tech. Yeah. Um, the highest earning and the biggest areas for commercial medics in selling medical devices are Florida, Texas, yeah. and um, Georgia because and you'll still need to crack heads over in the UK. So yeah. with your time differences, yeah, it's a little bit easier to manage. I think West Coast would, would feel quite remote. Silicon Valley still is where the majority of like the VC yeah. money is in the market with the startups and what have you. But um, 
yeah, we're kind of looking at that. We're looking at Texas, Florida. Um, so I'm probably going to go over in, in October or something like that. For you were at Jeremy's week. event recently. Yeah, exactly. So at the, at the US Embassy, which is great. So I'm good to get in How did he family. pull some strings there? That's incredible, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, he's, he's obviously a well-connected guy. Um, but um, yeah, I think uh, we probably would have struggled to get the Embassy this week, I think, with, uh, with Donald coming over. But um, yeah. yeah, it was um, it's you know, a great not, insight. Not, uh, not, all, uh, not all Donald's uh, Trump supporters are racist. But, uh, <laughs> All racist are Donald Trump supporters. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, couple of days in the UK, I think, at the moment. But yeah, good um, old, good old Donald. Hey, I've uh, I've I've Americans moving around the world, and yeah. all of a sudden, like visas are get hard for them to get to get abroad because uh, he's okay. he's making it harder. I know he's making it a lot harder for UK people to go over there. So that's one thing. One of the reasons to go to the embassy, find about the visas, tax yeah. situations, all these kind of bits, and the kind of the nitty gritty bits there. If you're a salesperson. As we mentioned earlier, recruiter, you know, that, that's kind of impatient that you sometimes gloss over, but actually yeah. it could, could make a big difference to the money in your business, really. So that's really exciting. Um, at this current point, have you kind of worked yourself out of the day-to-day billing of your business? Uh, give or take, yeah. I'm still focused a lot on, on business development, looking to build up accounts and go to events and, and these kind of bits and, and speak to, to major clients and try and develop that side of things. Mm. Um, so that's a big focus of mine. We've got... Uh, a great sales director, Liam, Liam in the business now as well, Liam Newton, so he runs um, the, the sales organisation, and then we've got five different team leaders mm. as well, who've sort of grown up through, through the ranks of the business, okay, doing great. a great job as well. Um, so, yeah, give or take, but I guess because it's your kind of baby, you do probably maybe too much get involved and kind of, you know, yeah. um, try and give advice and well, help people out and stuff. So. I, I'm guessing when you get, uh, when you move to America, yeah, yeah. it's going to be like day one again. Yeah, it will be. So like I think we're excited about that actually, my, my Rebecca and I. And um, yeah, it'll be um, it'll be great. So it's just about making sure the business is hundred percent over yeah. here, and then yeah, it's almost like starting up a new business really. We've is got it? some clients there. We've got some some run rate, but um, yeah. it's about scaling that business with great people quickly and efficiently. Ultimately, so, some people have done well in yeah. America. Some like? people have. Some people haven't. Yeah, you never like hear about the ones who haven't. Yeah, of course not. <laughs> but the ones who have, yeah. are you keeping an eye on anybody out there who are scaling? Are you, yeah. are you going, they're close enough to us in terms of model? Like yeah, it's a good point, actually. That, you know, you obviously you only hear about the success stories. A lot of the, the sort of big pharma recruiters seem to have done pretty well over there. Yeah. They've kept an eye on and, and met with some of the guys from, from those businesses, like, you know, Meet and Proclinical and these kind of companies. Um, there's a couple of people in the RDLC have done really well as well in, in, in certain sort of markets. Mm-hmm. And um, it seems like there's a couple of different models Companies that have scaled in terms of big teams quickly. Mm. It seems actually a lot of them have gone to maybe what you call like a secondary city, if that makes sense. Not necessarily New York, not necessarily San Fran or, or LA, but maybe like Atlanta or something like this, or Austin, one these kind of places. Mm. So I'm looking at that. Um, and then others seem to have perhaps used the US as like a BD hub. Yeah. So like three or four people in different locations that, that makes send sense. the work back to the UK or another country where it's cheaper and quicker to get, easier to get resources. Yeah. So still in that process of thinking things through, but. Um, yeah, of, it's exciting, of, you know. of work and work where it's at. Yeah, where it's going to work. But you're right about the US. Things always been obsession, hasn't it? Like rock and roll bands. Some of them make it there. Yeah. I'm sure it's not going to be easy. And your own ego will be tied yeah, yeah. into that there. But it's going to be interesting for you as well to get right back to... It's yeah. going to feel like a new business again. Yeah, it will do. And that, I guess that's one of the exciting things about it as well. Yeah. Um, to, to get back to that point where... You know, and I'm sure I'll be literally uh, a bidder again, a recruiter for, for the first yeah. one until we start to hire some, some local people over there. Hopefully, take one or two over from over here. But I think um, 
it'd be more about a sustainable business, which is probably yeah. you know built on, on on people in the local community. And are you scaling in in the UK as well? And yeah, you, we will do. Yeah, yeah. Are Absolutely. you looking to you looking to do an office hub in, in Europe, or can you do all that from here? At the moment, we can do it from here, but we are. Um, yeah, we would definitely consider it places like Switzerland or Germany. Um, it might be one of these things that's driven by people. You quite often see that where you've got, you know, perhaps you've got a great person in our business from Germany, Switzerland, and what have you, mm. that's doing a great job that wants to move back home, and, and you know, wouldn't want to lose them. Yeah, you know, we, we could set something up, up with them. Um, obviously, the Brexit thing might make a difference, but I think I think it's probably a bit of a um, what do you want to call it? A mountain out of a molehill. To be fair, and it's going to affect things that much. To be honest with you, I'm not sure, uh, a bit bit scaremongering, but. Yeah, we'll, we'll kind of we'll see. It's definitely something we're looking at once we get US established. Um, it probably makes sense to be there, um, and who knows after that? We've got a couple of people in the business mind that moving to, to Australia at some point in their lives, so perhaps that sort of aid that market. Japan's massive in, in medical. China is going to be the biggest world domination. World, ahead, pretty much right? in um, Darwin. Yeah, well, we'll see. You've got to have big plans of them, haven't you? Otherwise, it's um, yeah. You don't want to just sit there just kind of running it. Well, some people might, but it's not. Yeah, true. like we started as a as a lifestyle business, and we're yeah. traveling and enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. And now that our life is kids and stuff, it, it's not so much fun. So, yes, exactly. Yeah. So now I'm like, okay, we need to focus on this and you know develop the other side. And yeah, it's fun, it's isn't it? it? It's, it's also it's, you know it's that that kind of sense of uncertainty that you actually need in your life as well. Um, like, as well as the like that bit of that bit of risk. Yeah, that comes with being yeah. an entrepreneur. Otherwise, you know, what, why did you why did you bother in the first place, really? Because yeah, you know, um, you can just you know, carry, on, carry on doing doing your thing for, for for a great company yourself, which is absolutely fine to do. But um, yeah, certainly, I think I've enjoyed the risk aspect. Obviously, some days no, yeah. I don't. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> pretty pretty human about it. But um, yeah, certainly, I think it's it's a great challenge ultimately in life, isn't it? So. Well, thanks very much, Tim. No worries at all. All right, great to speak to you, and uh, yeah, thanks for coming to see us. Yeah, great. Thanks a lot. Thank you.